As you dive into this teaching from High Point Church, we pray that it will help you grow in your faith as you believe in, belong to, and become more like Jesus. If these messages bless you, would you consider giving back in support of this ministry? You can give and learn more about High Point at www.highpoint.church. Limits, boundaries, borders. When we're children, they're set for our good. To protect us, to keep us safe. How did something that was meant for our good and our protection, limits, come to define us? Am I good enough? What about my career? Did I lead a good life? When did the limits of someday when become the lid that closed so tightly on our already restricted boxes? Did I love my family or not? I'm never going to be good enough. Am I good enough? When did outside voices, opinions, hurts, and disappointments become the borders that limited our dreams? Only I was more beautiful. When will I be? I thought I knew my path, but... Yet something inside each of us longs for more. For life beyond our limits. For possibilities that are waiting, waiting for you to reach out to seize. So the question is, are you willing to take that step? To trust God as we embark on a journey of limitless influence, limitless opportunity, limitless potential, and limitless legacy. As we trust our limitless God, churches planted, leaders developed, communities transformed, care centers expanded, global outposts established, all while leaving a gospel legacy to the next generation. This is faith without borders, hope without boundaries, love without barriers. This is what God can do. This is Limitless. Let me begin reading some of the prayer requests that we've received over the last few weeks. Pray for me as I go through a custody battle I'm being falsely accused of alienation and being mentally unstable by my ex-husband. I pray I can be reunited with both my kids. Pray for me, I'm a young teen in high school dealing with drugs, depression, and out of control anger. Parents are divorced and they're completely exhausted with me. Please pray for my healing and pain relief from extensive back surgery, lung blood clots, and headaches. Pray for my friend who's self-harming herself almost every day. She's picking her arm with her fingers and breaking skin. She needs deliverance and breakthrough. Please pray for my son who's dealing with deep depression. Please pray for me as I'll be spending time next weekend with our unbelieving son. Pray that God gives us wisdom and boldness to share Christ's love for him. Pray for me as I I don't have the energy in the past year that I once did. I've been hiding it. I need prayers because I'm still in remission, although I just found out that I've got infected lymph nodes in my left breast. I mean, I'm so thankful for the openness, the transparency of so many people. I mean, we get hundreds of these each week that we get the privilege of praying for. And the common denominator in all these requests, it's that you or that somebody you know is going through a storm. I mean, you're going through a storm, and I'm telling you, it's a crisis, it's a difficulty, and you're crying out for God's help, 
You're crying out for God's wisdom. Man, you're crying out for God's mercy, for his healing. You're crying out for God's guidance in the midst of the storm. And so that's what I want to talk about. Hey, grab your limitless guide. I know you all got one because we talked about it. We handed them out last week. We, if you didn't get one, just put your hand up. I know um, we want to get that to you. Turn to page 42. If you're online with us, we're so thankful for you joining us. And you can do this. You can go to the website. You can go to the app or even in our little chat box. I think we got a little link that you, we want to put this limitless guide in everybody's hands. So if you just got yours today and you weren't here last week, let me just give a quick overview. It's a resource that our team put together. Can we give a big shout out to them? I mean, they did a great job with this. And the first part of it, it's really it contains the vision. So this is the vision for where we're heading over the next 24 months, and we've been talking about this at Vision Night, and, and it's all right here in one place. Second thing, it has, and I'm excited about this, I mean, it's got the scripture, so it's right there in your hands, it's got the message title, a, a place for you to take notes, did you hear me, take notes, and, and we'll even give you a pen, and, and then third, it's really cool if you flip over um, on, for this study on page 45, you'll see there's a little QR code. And if you just do that, you scan that in and that'll take you to additional teaching as all of our growth groups, those are our small groups, are going through uh, this limitless series. But you can also, you know, you could do, uh, download it for individual study or for you or your family. And then lastly, it's got what we're calling a commitment card and this is the piece that's in there and we're saying hey take that for now and just set that aside we're going to really dig into that in the next four or five weeks but for now just put it in a safe place and start praying for you and pray for our church family. So put it on the bedside table, maybe put it in, the, in your Bible for when you, when you open it up and, and that when you call out to God that this would be a part of your prayer life now for the next several weeks. So title of the message today is this. You can see it on page 42. It's Limitless Faith Guides. And I wanna talk with you about what's happening in the midst of our own hearts in the midst of the storm. And so it's raining, I mean, it's raining down, you feel like it's pouring, but, but what's really going on for us and our faith? And so let me begin reading in verse 35 of Mark chapter four on page 42 of your guide. And it says, on that day when evening had come, he said to them, just write Jesus right above that, let us go across the other side. And leaving the crown, they took, with them, they, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was, and other boats were with them. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat, so much so that the boat was filling. But he was in the stern, Jesus was, like he was asleep on the cushion. I mean, isn't it funny? I mean, he's like this disaster, and Jesus, like, yeah, it's all good. And so they wake him up. I imagine him just shaking him. Teacher, 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 do you not care that we are perishing? And he awoke, and look at that, underline that in your book. We're going to go back to that word. He rebuked the wind, and he said to the sea, be still, peace, be still. The wind ceased, and there was a great calm, and he said to them, guys, come on, man, why are you so afraid? Now, this is when you're catching me, because you're all looking what it really says, and when you're not, you're, it doesn't say, come on, guys, man. <laughs> That's the modern-day interpretation. But then look what he says. 
That guy said, have you, have you still no faith? And, and, and then, and they were all filled with great fear. Wait a minute. He just calmed the storm. And they said to him, who is this? Who then is this? Even the wind, the sea, they obey him. Hey, first thing to recognize when we're in the storm or even when we just got out of the storm, what just happened? And there's either one of three things happening. Sorry, I hate to just break or burst your bubble today. You're either in the storm, coming out of the storm, or what else? I'm heading in. I'm heading into another one. Sorry to be the bearer of bad news at church on Sunday. But what's going on? Well, my faith, it, it's being tested. That's what's going on. And, and so when God guides me through the storm, I, I mean, it's a test of faith. And, and so the interesting thing about this, the first phrase, and you can underline it in your books, it says, on that day, and, and what's interesting, when evening had come, so we're taking it phrase by phrase, it was like, what happened on that day? Well, Jesus, the context, just to set the table, I mean, he's healing people, he's doing all this stuff, he's telling stories and parables, he's teaching. Teaching the disciples in parables. But what they didn't realize is that the real lesson was about to begin. It's like they were just in the classroom, and I don't know, let me think about this for a moment. It's kind of like, uh, remember drive, taking your driver's test? Anybody? Nobody in this whole section have taken the driver's test. Just the crowd participation is wonderful today. <laughs> Online, anybody? And, and, and so what, what happened though? It's like you, you took the written part and you hopefully passed that. And if you pass that, then you got to go do the driving part. Now I'm looking at this crowd and looking at some of us, some of us, we had to do the real deal. And the driving part, we had to pass the parallel park. Anybody been there? And now you people have it so easy. You get your license. I mean, the car parks itself, doesn't it? But I mean, it was like a big deal. It's like, I gotta get this parallel parking down. I, I, and like, that was a huge barrier. And, and so think of it this way. Jesus is in the car with you. He's the instructor and he's testing them in the boat. That, that's the picture. I mean, their faith is being put into practice. And so we know this at High Point, something that may be worthy to write down. We say this a lot. Two kinds of trials. Cover this quick. Review for some. Trials of circumstance, trials of consequence. Trials of circumstance, it's a result of the fallen world, sin-stained world we live in, whether it's the hurricane, the cancer, or even death. That is a result of a fallen world, that it's broken, that, that God didn't design it like this. It, and, and that's the world we're living in. It's, it's off kilter. So give me an amen if you understand that. Amen. And we can feel it. But then there's storms of consequence. And I don't know, I, I mean, just think about it like this. I, you know, many of you know that I teach in Wheaton and I kind of go back and forth. So I just got here and I was on Naperville Road from our Wheaton location um, coming through. Now let's just say that on some Sundays I treat that as the Autobahn. <laughs> and I just go as fast as I want. I mean, you know, I'm not saying I did that today. But if I did, I shouldn't be surprised when the cop pulls me over and he writes me a ticket because it, like, it's on me, man. Like enough of this getting all upset at the cop. Like, it's like, dude, you were speeding. Get, pay, pay the man. And, and that's a trial of consequence. 
And so the difference between these is, is really important because it's in your response. Not necessarily God. I mean, he's going to be there for you. He loves you. He's your dad. He's going to meet you in all of them. But then your response for a trial of consequence is different than circumstance because it's going to start with repentance. It's going to start with remorse. And at times, it's, it's going to be restitution. Hey, I got to make this right. And city of Wheaton, $150. I've never written that, but that's the difference. So thinking caps on, studying God's word together, happy to be in church on Sunday. Is this that the disciples are in a storm of consequence or circumstance? That's yeah, circumstance. I've done this message four times. You're the first ones that got it right. <laughs> I'm like, am I saying it wrong? And, and it's because James chapter one, let's give some biblical support. Je Jesus, it says that God doesn't tempt us. So God's not gonna tempt you or me to sin. And so he's not tempting them as they go to the other side to sin. He, he, that, that, he's not doing that. So as we get started on this generosity journey, I mean, it's a challenge that what? That, that man, I, I'm, I'm trying to grow in generosity. And I would say that our church has been growing in generosity. And I, I'm really thankful and excited about that. Um, some of us, we were in uh, our pastors and their wives from our church here, our location pastors and our network pastors. Um, we were at a retreat in Florida. I think I wasn't supposed to say that because you're all jealous because we were in the sun and you weren't. No, it actually wasn't that great there either. And, and so we were there and, and we're, we're getting together as a network to pray through what the Lord's doing and, and encourage each other. And Pastor Al Blake from our High Point St. Vincent location, that's an extension site. Many of you remember he's in the Caribbean and he's even talked about in this book, we, we wanna help him and his wife Debbie and their congregation. I mean, God's doing miracles there and we wanna help them get into a church building. And so we were with Pastor Al and some of you might remember that last year they had a volcano, the growth and generosity. You, along with others, we gave over $75,000. Can we praise the Lord for, for relief efforts? Isn't that awesome? And so I was with Pastor Al, and I'm like, hey, can cut us a little, you know, he wanted to say thank you. And so take a look at the screen with me, and you see Pastor Al from St. Vincent. Hi, High Point. Debbie and I were super excited this past week to join with Pastor Ron and Jody and the other network churches at the retreat. It was a blessing from start to finish. I wanted to just give you a quick update. Thank you so much for praying for our um, island. Uh, things are beginning to stabilize after the volcanic eruption. Entire villages are being rebuilt. There are still some people who are displaced, but the government, they're now rebuilding homes and uh, people have, have begun to move back to their houses. So we have very, very grateful to God for that. We are so excited about the Limitless Initiative and the ability for us to partner together to advance the gospel of Jesus Christ um, globally, here, there, and everywhere. Isn't that awesome? Man, it's just good to hear from him. We're just really thank. I, I gotta be honest. I mean, I just like his voice, don't you? It's just like, it's so comforting. And then I think about my voice to you and I'm 
wondering why you don't listen to me. That's it. I, no, I want to hear Pastor L, you know, and, and all, all joking aside, man, what God's doing through him, and we're part of it as a can. It's, he's part of the vision of where we're heading in this limitless initiative. But the second thing that's going on in the storm, as God is giving us guidance, not only is our faith being tested, but this is the important thing that our obedience, it'll be challenged. And so our obedience is challenged in the midst of the storm. And so now, shouldn't it say in verse 37, and y'all got God's word in front of you, shouldn't it say, read it, it's like, they obeyed, they did exactly what Jesus said, so the heavens opened up, the sun started shining, the blessing started pouring down. I mean, isn't that what it should say? I mean, we've always said obedience brings blessing, man. If I obey the Lord, it's like the blessing's gonna come. And yeah, that's right. And it, and it will. But here it says they obeyed him. And I'm sure there was one or two of them that said, can't we just get in the boat tomorrow? And they did it anyways. And I'm sure others were saying, you know, I really don't wanna do it. But, but they obeyed and obedience is doing what God wants when God wants it done with a God honoring smile. I don't know if they all had that, but the truth is they all did it. And look at the reward, it's a windstorm, to the point where this body of water is 13 miles long. It shouldn't be a surprise to them because it's 600 feet below sea level with mountains around it. Jody and I, we've actually been there, a little storm broke out, but it's, it's almost like a wind total, so they shouldn't have been surprised, but they were. And I mean, they were experienced fishermen, Couple of them. Been on the cover of Field and Stream, man. I mean, what, come on, what, what do you guys see? So their obedience resulted in difficulty. And again, don't want to burst your bubble, but the Christian life, I remember learning this, when you become a Christian, the Christian life doesn't get easier, it gets harder. How many would attest that? Give me, I mean, it, it just does. And, and one of my favorite classic works is by Eugene Peterson and he makes this point in the title he says a long walk of obedience that that's what the Christian life is it's a long journey of obedience that's the title and and so yes there's going to be blessing that it's going to come but just because you take a step of faith and you do exactly what God wants that we're living in a culture and there's things that are happening that man we believe this book and we want to please God and, and oftentimes things don't get easier, but they get harder as a result of your obedience when you do exactly what God desires. I mean, that's what we're seeing here. Now, as we go through this journey together, I, I know, you know, um, I, I just want to, as best that I can, I want to try to help you because some people are, you know, you've been to our church for years. Others I'm just getting to know. And, and I just want to open up my heart to as much as, you know, we've got many people joining us online. And I just want to take a moment. And because obedience, let me tell you about our faith journey in generosity for Jody and I. So, so I remember, it's funny, I've said this before, you'll get a kick out of it. When we first started coming to church, it, we went to a church and we're in our late 20s. And I mean, there was like, they had a drama and music and we were what I would call tippers. Do you know what I mean by that? is that we would, hey, that was a good message. Let's tip them good this week. 
hey, that was, uh, man, that was awesome. Like, that was a good special. Man, that guy was on key. Give him a little more. Now, you know what happens? We were just in Florida. They actually add 18% to your bill. You have restaurants like that? And they just add it in there. So we're thinking about just adding 18% to everything. <laughs> I, I just, just thinking out loud. I'm kidding. But Jody and I, we were tippers. And then I'll never forget the Sunday where you'll know who this is. And this gives you some of the time frame. And so there was a guy who walks up on the stage. I'm like, oh my gosh, I know that guy. He plays for the Chicago Bears. And he went to this church. And he was number 50 with the eyes. You know who I'm talking about? Middle linebacker, Mike Singletary. And he steps up, and I'll never forget, man, my eyes are glued. You know, I'm just like, whoa, what's he going to say? And he's talking about obedience in the Christian life. And, and then he begins to talk about tithing and generosity. And that, that he gives 10%, that's what tithing is, back to the church. And storehouse tithing, that no, it goes to the local church that you belong to. And, and, and it caught me because, and I don't think I was the only one, because there was a lot of us that knew about the contract that he had just signed the year before. And we're like, and then I'll never forget what he said. If I wouldn't have started tithing on my first job with my first $100 with my paper route, I'd have never been able to start to tithe now on the million-dollar contract I just signed in the NFL. It, it's a discipline. It's, it's a process. It's, and Jody and I, so we're sitting there, and I mean, I'm a tipper, and our journey, fast forward, I went to be a tither, and, and now what I would say is that we're trustees. And so what I mean by that is we recognize now, we've grown in our faith that, man, God owns everything. Can I get an amen? I mean, from the shirt on your back to that car that you're driving, you say, hey, my car's not doing too well. It's kind of strong. I want to give the keys back to him. Hey, he owns it. <laughs> but, but he owns it all. And so we look at it now, Jody's here in the audience, that, that, that we look at, it's on consignment. And, and we're entrusted with it. And I know the Steiners think this way too. And, and man, we're entrusted with it just to do our best. And, and everything we own, I mean, everything we have, including our kids, man. We just, you got them for this short window. And that, man, we would do our best. And, and they belong to God. And we can only do our best. We're entrusted to them. And that's the lesson as we went from tithers, excuse me, no, we started as tippers. And we weren't very good tippers. <laughs> and we went to tithers and we went to trustees. And, and so as you are on your generosity journey, Hey, that didn't happen all at once for us. I remember, you know, Jody's here. I remember walking up a couple messages, man, sweating to death. Like, oh my goodness. Like, I didn't, I didn't know. And we're all on a journey. But obedience, your obedience is going to be challenged in your Christian walk. Despite the storm. Third thing. Good stuff so far? With that kind of response, I'll just sit down. Next thing is this. When God guides me through the storm of life, my patience, my patience is going to be tried. Like there's going to, you know, it's just like, man, the wind is in my face. I, imagine these disciples. I mean, again, these guys are experienced fishermen. Some of them, a couple of them, they've been on this lake before. They shouldn't have not expected this. And the storm whips up. 
hey, let me do this. Let's just have some fun. We all got our pens, and I appreciate you guys taking notes. I'm, I'm wondering what's happening in the second row here as you're taking notes on her hand. I'm sorry, I just had to call that out, but that's what's going on here. So praise the Lord, that's good. Um, you guys, write something on his hand. He needs it. I'm, I'm kidding. She's writing reminders. Okay, what does it say? I can't see that far. I'm sure. It, it says go Rams. Are we stuck on the, I, I'm talking about the Bears and you're thinking about the Rams? Come on here. Okay, I want you to draw something. I want you to draw something in your book on her hand. No, this is better. This is, you guys draw it in the book, you draw it on her hand. This is what's happening in the story. I'm gonna give you a picture of it. So go ahead and just draw that right now. Jesus is sleeping. And what are the disciples doing? They, they, they say, we're perishing. They think they're gonna die. Somebody's enjoying writing the crossbones on somebody's hand right now. And, and that's what we see. Now peel back the layers of this because what's happened is Jesus sleep, they wake him up, they, they, they're like, we're perishing, teacher, we're perishing. And then what does it say? Don't you care about us? And so if we peel back the layer, layers of all fear, the layer is that faith and fear do not go together. Please hear, faith will take care of fear or fear will take care of faith. That's what's happening. And here the fear, and again, this is a window. We're not jamming and knocking them down, the disciples. But this window of time, this, you know, we're looking at, they've only been with them for three years. And their faith was not crushing the fear the fear was crushed in the faith. And then peel it back further and you'll see that anytime we're fearful and our faith is fleeing, we, we, the net result is I, I think God doesn't care. I, I question God's love. That's what's going on in the text. They're questioning his love for them. So this is gonna come quick. Um, I wanna talk with you about faith crushing fear. And so how do we do it? Well, first, five things, God's promises. Coming quickly. Jesus said, we're going to the other side. He was gonna deliver on that promise. And he'll deliver on his promises to you. Your word is a lamp to my feet. It's a light to my path. Second one is this, good stuff? That what? God's presence. If we're honest with ourselves as we read this story and Jesus is asleep on the disciples with the disciples in the boat, I wonder if you've ever felt like Jesus is sleeping on you. I mean, I have. God, aren't you aware of what's going on here? Like, don't you see I need your help? And we question it because our fear is conquering our faith. And so God's presence, do, do not fear for I am with you. Hey, even if you think I'm sleeping in the corner, I'm here. I love this text. Do not be dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Third thing is this, God's power. Now, Mark chapter one, two, and three, I hope you'll read through the gospel of Mark during this series. It's one of my favorites because <laughs> it's the shortest, just being honest. But being the shortest, Mark, he's like ADD or something because he, he hits all the highlights. It's like, it's, it's like so powerful. And if you read Mark 1, Mark 2, Mark 3, each one of those, I guarantee you looked at them this week, miracle, 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 miracle. So these guys had seen God's power, but they were questioning it because of fear. 
And so the text here is, your right hand, O Lord, is majestic in power. Your right hand, O Lord, it shatters the enemy. Got nothing to be afraid of. 365 times, you've probably heard this, it says, do not fear in the Bible. Why? The cheesy answer, one for every day. But, but sometimes I like Swiss cheese. Anybody with me? I need a little cheese sometimes. I need that because I'm afraid and it's, it's hurting my fear. Next thing is this, we've got two more. God's peace. And that's what Jesus said, to, he said peace and the storm, it dissipates in, in peace. I will both lie down and sleep for you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. God is our safety. He wants to bring us peace just like we're gonna see shortly and we're gonna unpack that in this story. And fifth, God's protection. I mean, that's the bottom line, common denominator of all these. The Lord is good. He is a stronghold in the day of trouble and he knows those who trust in him. Give me a shout out if you believe that. That's what he does, man. He knows you. And, and, and that's how we conquer faith. Or excuse me, use faith to conquer our fears. It, it's, it's through these things. And, and so what else is happening inside the heart? Because we're doing a deep dive into the disciples' heart. That's what this story is doing. It's a, like an analysis. It's, it's like an autopsy, of, excuse the language, but... That, that's what it is. And so the next thing is when God guides me through the storms of life, my maturity, it, it's going to be revealed. So character, who you are, is revealed in the pressure cooker of life, right? We, we know that. I mean, how you respond and, and, and what that's about. And, and, and here we see the disciples. So they wake up Jesus. He rebukes the wind and the sea. Now that word rebuke, if you double click it on its original language, it literally means in the Greek to muzzle. Interestingly, same word that's used when Jesus, um, he exercises the demons out of people and, and he muzzles them. Now you might say, well, are the demons responsible for the storm? I, I, I don't know. All I know is that Jesus muzzles the demons. Jesus muzzles, he, he muzzles the storm, man. He, he stops it from happening because he's control of all things. He's more powerful than disaster. He's more powerful than demons. He's more powerful than disease. He's more powerful than death. I mean, that's what he is. And, and, and they didn't get this yet, but they would. And, and so, so what happens, the wind ceases, there's great calm, and, and so he, he looks into their eyes, he says, guys, why, why are you so afraid still, man? And, and he's like, look, have you, have you no faith? See, what was happening is here is the storm, the trial that you're going through, it reveals the, your character and your maturity. And so we've got to understand that. And, and so... You know, we just got back, Jody and I, we did a marriage conference in Michigan um, on Friday and Saturday, and it's so great. We're getting to do some of these again, and it was fun. Um, it's always good to hear from people, and we always turn and talk about the trials they're going through, and one couple stood up, and an um, and older couple, and they said, you know, and they were there for marriage enrichment, and we're challenging them to invest in young couples, and, and they said, you know, um, we're just going to share a story about our daughter who was cutting herself. And, and she was doing it to the point where, I mean, it was like, it was so bad, they thought she was gonna, I mean, she'd need to be hospitalized. And then they said, this was a 10 year journey. 
And then you could see almost like, you know, it's like they're breaking in. You can see their face, their, the, the, the joy. That, and then they say, and now she went and got her education. She just got her doctorate. And for the past several years, she's been pouring into girls who've had the same issue and helping them overcome with God's presence and God's power. Isn't that awesome? I mean, that's just, it's just like, but, but what happened with her, and we taught the passage of scripture, we turned to James chapter one, and it says that we're to count it all joy when you encounter various trials, because you and I know something that the fallen lost world doesn't, that various kinds of trials come, but it's a test of your faith that produces something in you. The text says it produces endurance, that staying power, That means don't cut and run from that job too fast. Don't cut and run from that school. Don't move to that other city. Don't leave that church until you learn the lesson that God wants you to teach you. Or what happens? Oh, you show up at that no church. Oh, you show up at that new job. Oh, you're in that new relationship. Oh, isn't it nice? It's the same you with the same problem that's gonna blossom into the same divorce. I mean that with a friendship, with the church, with whatever it is, until we learn what God wants us to learn because count all the joy because it's a test of your faith and testing your faith produces endurance or patience, which this text goes on to say, it leaves you perseverance or endurance. It, it makes you, some versions say blameless, It's the picture of what? You're perfect and complete, lacking nothing. That's a picture of maturity. And so again, God's using this boat ride to show them their character, who they are, to teach them about himself. God's using whatever carnival ride you happen to be on to teach you about yourself and and, and to mature you in faith. It's always a test of faith. So it's Super Bowl Sunday. Some are thinking about it more than others. And for the Bears fan, this Sunday is always a test of our faith, isn't it? We're just like, here we go again. And some of you people, man, you're just holding on to 1985. I'm like, come on, man, throw that shirt away. It's got holes in it. It just just happened here. I said 1985, and they're applauding. It's like, man, man, and we're going to go back, and, and I hope so. And, and I don't like to do this, but I'm going to raise up a guy you're going to see. So in between the commercials, catch my joke, in between you watching the commercials and in between you watching the halftime show, if you happen to catch the game, you're going to see this guy Cooper Cup. And again, not going for the Rams, but we're talking about it now. And, and this guy, I don't like to lift him up because, you know, you lift somebody up, they crack. This is a legit guy. And, and, and if you know the backstory behind it, I'll say it really quickly. In 2018, when the Rams were there last time, he got injured, was having a you know, stellar year, gets injured, and then you know, he, he, gets, he does the hard work, man. I mean, to recover from any injury in the NFL, to get back to you were, or to exceed where, that, that's, a, that's a miracle in itself. And, and so this guy, he takes the field, man. He, he, he's, he's living for Christ, he's modeling great character, he loves the Lord, and... And this is what he said about his journey and this trial, he, this personal trial of injury. He said, man, I needed God. Isn't that great? We all do. Say, I do too. He says, I needed to trust in what my faith was. 
just having my wife and my son to be, to push me through this, so, so important to have the support network. He said, my teammates and the coaching staff, look, he's looking at the blessing, the training staff, the, the strength staff. I just had a team around me that encouraged me and really showed me how important it was to have people around me that, that God's really placed in my life. His character is being displayed in the midst of his trial as his faith was tested and as his obedience was challenged. I mean, that was his storm. And so lastly, when God guides me through the storms of life, man, my commitment, it's gonna prove whether you're legit or not. Like how you handle the storm. And, and your commitment is gonna be proven through the difficulty. And, and that's where the rubber meets the road. And so here we see in Mark 41, we see the miracle happens, the storm settles, the sea is as smooth as glass, and they're filled with great fear. And they, they, Jesus is like, what the heck? And, and they're like, I don't know if they whispered it. I don't know if they shouted it. I don't know if they all said it together. Who is this? Like, who is this man? Even the wind? Even the, 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 I'm telling you, the wind and the sea. Like, everybody obeys him. That they recognized, but it was in process. And again, it's in process for some of us, but said all this to simply reduce it to this one sentence. I've hinted at it. This is what's going on in the story. If you've tuned out for the whole time online, tune in right now. I'll wait for you. This is it. You know it. The problem wasn't the storm outside the boat. The problem was the storm inside the boat. And it was an individual storm in their heart. And Jesus is so patient. Jesus is so loving. Jesus is so good. He will use any outside influence or circumstance to prune your heart, to push you towards him. Jesus wanted to calm the storm in their hearts and he used the storm outside of the boat in the process of doing that. And guys, that's what he wants to do with us. And so it is not lost on me, I think some of us, we think it is, it, it is not lost on me that, that some of you are thinking when I say put this commitment card off to the side and pray about this and you're like, you know what, are, are you clued into what's happening in my life? My husband just lost his job. I, I can't even pick this thing up. You know what COVID did to our business? Like our business is crushed, man, because of COVID. Like it's not the same. Like, are you kidding me? Some of us are thinking, man, with what's going on in our world, I wasn't planning on sending the kids to a Christian school, but you better believe right now I am. Others are like, man, I, I haven't, you know, college is not that far away. I haven't saved enough for that. God's got you, man. Don't let any storm in your heart be, be, be reduced to confusion and persuasion of what the enemy wants because of a storm outside and so he's got your back and he knows your situation and I can guarantee he's not sleeping on you he's not 
And, and so there's common barriers, I think, to what we're talking about in this series. There's common barriers to generosity. So I, I just want to take a moment and, 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 and kind of hit the tension that can be in the room that, that these are what we hear. Pastor Craig, and he meets with people. I, I've been meeting with people, talking to people. What, like when generosity comes up, in our experience, these are the barriers that happen. And the most common, I've never given before. And that's great. Hey, I didn't know that I was on this journey of generosity. I, I just never did it. If that's you, I, you know, this is a start now. How about this one? I've heard this. I can't afford to give. And so when that's happening, there's, there's really break it down because there's two things that are happening. Either it's, I can't afford to give because I spend too much and I don't have enough. Or, hear me right, I don't have enough to save. Or, hear it correctly, I save too much. If you grow up in a house like mine, it wasn't about spending too much. It was like we were saving not for the rainy day. We were saving for the rainy century. <laughs> I, I'm fearful. I don't know if I'm going to have enough. And, and so this idea that I, I can't afford to because of whatever reason. And I, how about this one? I, I thought generosity, I love this one. Yeah, I'm in, man. I'm in for generosity, but it's for the guy with the mansion down the street. Isn't that who we're talking to? I mean, we're not, you're not talking to me. I just think of one story in the New Testament, and Jesus, man, he, he lifts this up. It's that woman, she had two pennies. She gave everything she had. And he's like, you guys, take a look at this. And so this isn't, it, it's, it's, it's about everyone. And that's why it's about the togetherness that we have. It's about the goal of 100% engagement. And, and so when we're talking about a journey, because that's what generosity is, what window are you in? What season are you in? Are you growing? Some would say, well, I, I don't think blank needs my help. And you fill in the blank. You know, I don't think the church needs my help. I don't think that, you know, that good cause needs my help. I don't think that person that's in need needs my help. I, I don't think there's anything I can do. I, I don't think you know, that, that, that church in Africa needs our help. Now, let me slow down for a moment. And, and, and so I'm thankful that at our church we're digging into solid biblical teaching. And so I think we understand the order of giving and a heart of generosity but let me just, just take a moment, if you permit me, let me, let me jump into the priority of giving and generosity. So the order, that's like me, like I got the order down, I've grown in this, and so the, when the check comes, like I'm still old school in one area of my life, don't call me old school, one area of my life, I'm old school, I write the check, after, the first check after I get paid. It's, it's like that goes to, to the Lord, it goes to the local church. And, and so I'm old school in that. Some, you know, you're like, you give online or, or um, you know, automated giving. But that's, that's order. The, the, the priority is what's on, what's the number? And so your checkbook will reveal your priorities. And for some, and please hear my heart on this, the, Jesus wants to be first place in everything. And, and so he's to be preeminent, it says in Colossians chapter one because of who he is. 
And, and so when we're talking about priority, sometimes we've gotten into situations where the mortgage is really the priority because we got in a home that's huge. Or in other family situations, you know what? The kids are the priority in the spending. And again, I'm just calling truth, right? Am I, am I speaking truth today? And, and whatever it is, you know, that recreation, that thing, whatever, it, it's not about the, the order, it's, it's about the priority. And Jesus, he wants to take precedence over all things. And, and then so the other thing we hear in Common Berry is, I, I don't think my giving is going to make a difference. And this is the beauty, and we'll get to it, it's the, you know, it's the story of the fish and the loaves, and... And, and what does God do, man? He just multiplies through people's steps of faith and steps of obedience. And, and that's what he does. And, and so as it gets quieter and we receive instruction and often what's an ignored topic in the church, our generosity, God wants to settle the storm outside the boat so he can settle the storm inside the boat. Amen. And he wants us to be generous with our time, with our talents, with our treasure, with our testimony. Don't separate them. Generosity, discipleship. And these disciples, hey, catch this window into who they were then and what they became as they gave their very lives for the gospel and the message. So we've landed on this definition for generosity for the series. Generosity is a mindset. That's what it is, that believes faith has no borders because we want the gospel to go forth and also that it ultimately results in a happier and fuller life because it anticipates God's provision. Hey, God's gonna care for me, man. God's got me. And it does what? It sees giving as a blessing to bless other people. And it doesn't fear lacking whether that's lacking because I saved too much or lacking because I saved too little. There's, there's no fear. So we're going to close our service with a story of a couple. And we know them well. I'm not going to tell, I'm not going to rob it of it. Believe me, it's, it's awesome. But they're a couple that they went through a storm in, with together. And then they went through a storm. I love this. They're going to tell you about a storm that that happened in, in his family specifically. And, and, and it, it ties directly to one of the, the initiatives that, that are right here. And, and they're gonna share how they grew in faith and generosity through the whole thing, through the storm. And so as you're listening and watching them, think to yourself in the storm that you've been in or are in, or heading into that, that how am I going to grow in generosity? How am I going to grow in faith? How am I going to grow in maturity? Take a look at the screen with me. I'm Bob. This is my wife, Jen, and we are the Haley's. Uh, we have been coming to High Point for just about 10 years. Um, and in our time there, our family has grown from just the two of us to welcoming four little ones. So we're now a family of six. Spiritually significant moments. I know for me personally, it was my uh, baptism. And to have my children there witnessing it was just that much sweeter. And 
um, having the opportunity after we were home to speak more about what baptism is as our two older girls spent the next couple hours baptizing their Barbies upstairs. And, um, you know, just those small moments that I'll, you'll never forget. Let's see, our oldest is six, and just before she was born, we had a miscarriage, and it was something we had never experienced before and did not know where to go with it. We couldn't fathom why it was happening and what was going on, but as soon as I started talking to the women in my group, they just poured around me so I get emotional thinking about it. But um, the support that they gave and the number of people that came out and they said, I've been through this, or I've never been here, but I'm here for you. Let me know how I can pray for you. And being able to see that, how people just come out of the woodwork to support you and lift you up during times has been wonderful. I'm really excited for this kind of journey that church is embarking on with the Limitless Journey. It's just another opportunity to um, lean in. You know, being honest, I think for a while we've been in, you know, a comfortable routine with giving, at least financially. Like it was in Pastor Craig's living room the first time that I had heard about the Stateville partnership. I had a family member who was at Statesville for really over 100 days awaiting processing. And so we both visited Stateville. Um, and at the time, you know, it's tough wondering, you know, where does this fit? In your plan. I think we were able to witness firsthand the little support that is available for individuals within the prison system. And even if for those that are you know ready and committed to turning their life around um, without someone there to really support them in that, it is a steep uphill climb. And it was in that that time when you finally hit rock bottom and um, turned to the Bible that you know he grew up on and really you know accepted Christ and turned his whole life around. And to be able to see him now married with a child of his own, um, he's just doing wonderful things for himself and for his family, and it's been so awesome to see the transformation that he's gone through. Years ago, when we walked through the doors at Stateville, never once did I imagine myself saying I would want to go back there. It was scary for me just to go visit him. Um, it was a hard thing for us to do. It was uncomfortable for us to be wanting to go back and walk through those doors at some point. Is, it's amazing. That's all God. I just know that there is so much that can be done for those inmates. Um, God has a plan for each one of them. and choices that they've made doesn't impact the opportunity for their eternal life with Christ. To have an opportunity to be a part of that ministry, I mean, while we're excited to you know, support it financially, I'm also you know, excited to kind of be a part of it um, physically too. In regards to limitless and generosity, God is really showing me and showing us, I would say, that He's there and He's going to provide. He's going to lift us up and He's going to give us what we need. Like I think true generosity, you're doing it at a level that is forcing you to turn to God and trust Him. We've been a part of High Point long enough to see 
know, those resources we've invested in the church just multiply. God's got you. And He's going to put the people in your life that you need at certain times. The more generous we are, the more people we're able to reach. And it's been a blessing to see that as we give, He gives us so much more.